the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Remember the story? God told the children of Israel that he would look for the blood of the lamb applied to the doorposts of each house. And God said when he sees the blood, his judgment will pass over that house. And God looks for the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, applied to the doorpost of your heart. And when God sees that you have applied the blood of of Jesus Christ to your life and to your sins, His judgment passes over you. Have you applied the blood of the Lamb over your life? In his message today, Pastor Dan tells us that we'll avoid God's judgment if we apply the blood of Jesus over our lives. The blood of Jesus covers all our sins and allows us to spend all of our eternity in heaven. That's God's requirement to get into heaven. That's God's way to be right with Him. We don't have the authority to make up our own way to get into heaven. Let's do it God's way and apply the blood of Jesus over our lives today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 21 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Matthew 21, beginning in verse 1. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And so the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet From Nazareth of Galilee. Well, he was more than a prophet. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, 
My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. And then he left them and he went out of the city to Bethany and he lodged there. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. And as always, Lord, we thank you for the gospel of Matthew, Lord, and to be looking at your life and ministry. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So chapter 21 begins the most important week in human history. Jesus enters Jerusalem on his way to die on the cross for the sins of the world. Uh, This is what has become known in the church as the Passion Week of Christ or the week of his suffering. And the Passion Week begins with Jesus entering Jerusalem, making his triumphal entry on what we call Palm Sunday. And this final week is really the climax of his ministry here on earth, culminating with his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. He came to give his life as a ransom for mankind. So everything in his life on earth has been building to this week. And it was the time of Passover for the Jews. Jesus was crucified during the Passover celebration. And I'm just going to give you some context to the triumphal entry. I know that it's a familiar story probably to all of us here, but I think if we have some more context to it, it'll give us a deeper understanding of this story. Uh, Passover was one of the three mandatory feasts of the Jews, along with Pentecost and Tabernacles. When I say mandatory, I mean every Jewish male who was able to make the journey to Jerusalem to celebrate these feasts was required to do so. And so Jews from all over the world would make the journey to Jerusalem for the Passover. Uh, The historian Josephus tells us that in the time of Jesus, two to three million Jews made the pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. And so All the fields and hills around the city of Jerusalem would be filled with tents and temporary structures where the pilgrims would stay during the Passover. Uh, It was like a big week-long camp out. Uh, The Mount of Olives was filled with tents, the tents of thousands of pilgrims that traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover. Uh, And as you probably know, Passover commemorated the delivery of the children of Israel from bondage in Egypt. God sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of their bondage to set them free from the Egyptians. And during the time of Jesus, the Israelites were in a similar situation. They weren't free. They were under Roman rule and under Roman oppression. And so at Passover time, there was a heightened hope among the Jewish people that God would send another deliverer like Moses. They were in similar circumstances. 
And so there was this heightened hope that God would send another deliverer like Moses. In particular, the Jews hoped and desired for God to send the Messiah to set his people free. Uh, Even today, when Jewish people celebrate the Passover celebration, the Passover dinner, they set a place at the dinner table for the prophet Elijah. And they leave the door of their home open or unlocked for Elijah to come. And the reason they do that is because Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, the last prophecy of the Old Testament, says Elijah will be the forerunner of the Messiah. And so most Jews today also have this heightened hope that the Messiah will come at Passover time. And so trying to get the scene here, millions of Jews come. There's thousands of tents on the Mount of Olives. They have this heightened hope that God will send another deliverer, that God will send his Messiah to set the Jewish people free from Roman rule this time. And because of that heightened messianic hope during Passover, the Romans stationed additional soldiers in Jerusalem during the feast so that they could crush any rebellion or uprising among the Jewish people. And so there was a greater military presence in Jerusalem during the Passover. Uh, Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea, his headquarters were in Caesarea Maritima, but during the Passover, he would go to Jerusalem and stay in Jerusalem during the Passover in case he needed to deal with any issues that would come up. That's why Pilate is in Jerusalem, and he's there during the trial of Jesus. And so, needless to say, tensions ran very high during the Passover. There were millions of Jews coming to Jerusalem. They were worked up and hopeful God would send his Messiah to deliver them from the Romans. That put the Romans on edge, so they stationed more troops in the city. So there was a large military presence in the city. And it's in the midst of this tense scene that Jesus made his entry into Jerusalem and officially presented himself to Israel as their king and Messiah. Now, on the Jewish calendar, Jesus entered Jerusalem on the 10th of Nisan. The 10th of Nisan, not Dotson, Nisan, right? Now, that date is significant. That date is significant because according to Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, that was the day Jewish people were supposed to select their Passover lamb for sacrifice. And so Jesus presented himself to Israel on the day the Passover lamb was selected. And the Passover lamb was selected and brought into the home on the 10th of Nisan and kept until the 14th day of the month. And during that four-day time period, the lamb was inspected for any blemishes or defects because the Passover lamb had to be without spot or blemish. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the 10th of Nisan, the day the Passover lambs were selected. And then the following four days, he was questioned about his doctrine. He was examined by the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes and the Herodians. And they found no defect in his teaching. They found no flaw in his theology. The Apostle Paul says Jesus is our Passover. 
is our Passover lamb. John the Baptist declared Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Peter said we are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt on that first Passover night, you remember the story. God told the children of Israel that he would look for the blood of the lamb applied to the doorposts of each house. And God said when he sees the blood, his judgment will pass over that house. And God looks for the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ, applied to the doorposts of your heart. And when God sees that you have applied the blood of of Jesus Christ to your life and to your sins, his judgment passes over you. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now, verse 1. Verse 1 says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, which was kind of near the top of the Mount of Olives, at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, because you're stealing somebody's donkeys, right? You shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So as Jesus approached Jerusalem, He sent two of his disciples into a nearby village to retrieve a donkey and her colt for him to ride into Jerusalem. And Jesus does this because he is intentionally showing the people of Israel that he is their promised king and Messiah. And he entered Jerusalem on a donkey to fulfill this prophecy that is in Zechariah chapter 9. Verse 9, that's what verses 4 and 5 tell us. Again, verse 4 says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Zechariah, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 also says in that verse that he is just and having salvation or bringing salvation to you. So this prophecy in Zechariah 9 says, your king is coming to you, having salvation with him, and you will, you will recognize your king because he will come to you riding on a donkey. Now, most kings rode horses. Most kings rode horses. The horse was a symbol of war and strength. 
While a donkey was a symbol of peace and servanthood, Jesus came to bring peace. He came to bring peace between man and God. He came to serve. He came to bear our burdens. He came to carry our sins for us. Now, when Jesus Christ comes the second time, Revelation 19 tells us he will come riding on a white horse, wearing a robe dipped in blood. He will come to make war and to conquer this rebellious world and to rule over it, over it. And Isaiah says the governments of this world will be on his shoulder and he will rule victoriously as king of kings and Lord of lords over all the earth. But the first time Jesus came, he came as a suffering servant, bringing salvation to people. And so he came riding on a donkey. Now, notice the omniscience of Jesus here in verses 2 and 3. The omniscience of Jesus. He describes in detail where the donkey and her colt will be, And that someone will ask why the disciples are taking them. Jesus also asserts his authority as king here. He asserts his authority as king here. Roman rulers in that day could seize your horse or seize your donkey temporarily for official use. Like to supply their military soldiers with horses. And so a Roman ruler could just take your horse or take your donkey or take your livestock. Uh, the Romans called this angaria. And it was a common practice by the Romans in those days. And that's what Jesus does here. He tells his disciples to go into this other town, take the donkey, take the colt. When someone asks, just say to them, the Lord has need of them. That's what the Roman rulers did. And so he is asserting or exercising his authority here as king. If you've been with us in the study of Matthew, we haven't seen Jesus act like this. He's acting like a king here, asserting his authority as a king. And so the disciples went and they did as Jesus commanded them. The two disciples immediately obeyed Jesus. They didn't doubt what he said or even question his instructions. They didn't say, well, hey, well wait a minute. What, what do you want us to do? Are you sure the owner will accept that answer? What if the owner doesn't accept that answer? What do we do then? You know, what if he calls the police because we're stealing his donkey? No, they simply trusted Jesus. They trusted that Jesus was in control of the details and they walked by faith. You know, we are called to walk by faith and simple obedience to Christ believing that he's in control of the details and we don't have to worry about the details and that he can be trusted. John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. We show our love for Jesus by keeping his word, by simply obeying him. That's what the disciples do. Verse six, again, the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and they laid their clothes on them. And then they set Jesus on them. There was a great multitude of people streaming into Jerusalem along with Jesus. And when they saw Jesus on the donkey, 
They knew exactly what Jesus was communicating. They knew and they understood that he was communicating that he is the king that is coming to bring salvation prophesied in Zechariah. The other gospel accounts tell us that when the multitude saw Jesus on the donkey, they began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Remember, they have this messianic hope that God will send the Messiah. God will send a deliverer. So they began to rejoice and celebrate and praise God. John's gospel says that those that were already inside the city of Jerusalem, they came out of the city to meet Jesus. And the crowd spread their clothes on the road. They laid palm branches before him and they waved palm branches before Jesus. Now, why why did they do that? This is why we call it Palm Sunday. Well, why did they do that? Well, that was actually a common way of honoring a king in the ancient Near East. What they do here is very common. Strange to us, but it was common then. It was a way of honoring a king. Uh, If you're taking notes, you can jot down 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 13. 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 13. There, Elisha the prophet anointed Jehu to be the next king of Israel. And it says, when Jehu was anointed to be king, each man quickly took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps. And they blew the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king. So spreading your garments on the road or in front of a king. It was like rolling out the red carpet for them. It was a very common practice all throughout the ancient Near East. And waving palm branches, waving palm branches was something the Jewish people did during the Feast of Tabernacles, not the Feast of Passover. And they waved palm branches during the Feast of Tabernacles to acknowledge God as their king. Well, now they're waving palm branches before Jesus, acknowledging Jesus as their king. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 40, Leviticus 23, 40 tells us that during the Feast of Tabernacles, the Jewish people are instructed by the Lord. It says, you shall take for yourselves on the first day of the feast, the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. During the Feast of Tabernacles, they were instructed to take palm branches and rejoice before the Lord your God. And the crowd is rejoicing before Jesus Christ, who is the Lord God. And so the people are actually borrowing a practice from the Feast of Tabernacles, this waving of palm branches before the Lord. And they're doing it here as they recognize Jesus is the king. He's our promised Messiah. The Lord has come. Verse 9 says, And then the multitudes who went before him and those who followed, so he is just in the middle of this crowd of thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, they cried out, look what they say, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest the crowd begins to shout the words of Psalm 118. They could have picked any psalm, but they began to shout the words of Psalm 118. They say, Hosanna to the Son of David. The Son of David is a messianic title. In fact, it's the most popular messianic title 
in the Bible. And so the crowd is addressing Jesus as the Messiah. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.